Uh, they'll, uh, if you don't know what you want, if you know what you want, just check with Chrissy there. She's going to order Chinese food for everybody that wants to stay tonight after the service. And those of you on social media, can you smell the Chinese? I am so sorry. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't come to church. I'm sorry. Some of you can't really come. I don't want to be cold and callous. I'm sorry. But I know, you know, it's always nice. You know, this food, Chinese food is good. I like it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Let's go to our message tonight. I want to give you a little message tonight. And uh, are you praising the Lord today? Yes. Are you rejoicing in the Lord? Isn't that good? God is good, isn't he? God is good. I tell you what, I, I wasn't in the store. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say what, what store it is, Target. I'm not going to say what the store it is. But anyway, I was in the store, and, uh, and I was there, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I was shopping, and I told my wife, I was like, hey, there's no music in this place. It's like somebody like his dad over here. It's like, you know, it's like, wow. So, you know, we got a couple of things that we, you know, we went to different stores. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I like the hustle and bustle of the day before Christmas. These are like, you out of your mind. I just go to the store. I, believe me, I always have something to buy on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I mean, I do it every year. It's a tradition. So tomorrow morning, I'll be up very early. And, uh, you know, I will probably be out, out there somewhere doing something, buying something. And you go, Pastor, are you crazy? You know, it's just me. You know, everybody have their things, you know. For, one, for, uh, for a long time, I used to go to the store and buy uh, chocolate chip cookies, not made, like raw. And I used to bake it in the house and put in little boxes to get the whole family involved. And we would go to families' houses and we would go purposely deliver cookies. You know, we did that for hours. I mean, sometimes like four or five hours, we were running around, driving from house to house, delivering chocolate chip cookies. And we did that with my kids, now with Joseph, with Emily and, and Patrick. We did that for, I think, three or four years, or maybe five years. I don't know how many years. We did it for quite a few years. Then kind of eased down itself, and, and, uh, and we kind of, I don't know why we stopped. Uh, we stopped, but it was nice. I mean, I would take it to uh, people's homes, and it would be very grateful, you know, uh, while we bring a little box of, you know, three or four cookies in there. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was good. Uh, but anyway, uh, now I just keep my tradition. I mean, some traditions are good. I, I go to the store on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's a, by the way, I know where to go to Christmas Eve. I don't know. I just go to the store on Christmas Eve. You know, if you don't know where it is, just go. Like, where did, I go, you know. Some people buy everything online. But I, I just like to go to the store. But anyway, if you open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 2. Let's go to our message tonight. And actually, I think that witnessing that when we got to the, um, to the cashier, um, it was an older lady that actually, we were going to, you know, you pay yourself and you do your own thing. It was a line as big as this tomorrow's. I said, oh, let's just go to the cashier and pay for this. And, uh, and the lady, uh, I said to her, she says, oh, have a good one. I look at her and said, have a Merry Christmas. And she goes, have a good one. I like it's a kind of sad that the reason why the the stores are full is because it's Christmas. That's the reason why. And we see more and more people buy things online and stores are half empty. You know, you go to the store any time of the year and stores are pretty empty. People buy everything online these days. 
And now the stores are packed. The reason why the stores are packed is because it's Christmas. It's not happy holidays. It's not holidays. It is one holiday. It's Christmas. And it's amazing. If it's the 4th of July, happy 4th of July. Right? If it's the New Year, happy New Year. Any holiday, we, when it comes to Christmas, happy holidays. Which holidays? It's not holidays plural. It's one holiday. It's Christmas time. And I don't understand that. Like, and somehow we, we kind of, listen, don't fall into that trap. It's Christmas time. It's, it's a Christian celebration. It's not that, that God was born on Christmas. No. God has always been. You know, it's when God became man. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. Oh, good night. You know, let me go on that one. I mean, I have a different message. <laughs> but anyway, Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 1. And now, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there were wise men come from the east to Jerusalem and saying, Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his, his star in the east, and we, came, we come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, look what it says, he was troubled. Well, if he was the only one troubled, it was one thing. But look what it says, and all... Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ shall be born. And they said, on, said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for that is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, art not the, the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the special time we'll be meeting together with our church family, and Lord, celebrating you tonight, and help us, Lord, to, uh, to look at your word, and just for a brief moment, Lord, just uh, uh, preach a little message here, but Lord, something we can take with us and make a difference in the world, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, every time... Every, t every, d every time that a baby is born is a great reminder that life is a great gift from God. Yeah. Don't you agree with that? Mm -hmm. God is the giver of life. No matter what circumstances that baby might be born, the birth of a baby is a great miracle from the Lord. I put it like this. <clears throat> you look at dirt, and you put some seeds in there, and out of dirt comes out, Fruit, plants, trees, and it's a miracle. Well, get the same seeds, go to the moon or another planet, and put it on the dirt, see if it's going to grow. It's not going to grow because it's dead. But on planet Earth, what is full of life, and we put life here, God did. God is the one who put life here, not mankind. Oh, yeah, we're going to... I watched a program one time uh, about Mars. And it said, well, the water from Mars evaporated to the earth. <laughs> I am not kidding, folks. And I said, let me change the station. Let me hear, let me watch some soccer. <laughs> At least it's better than watch this nonsense. You know, but it is amazing how they want to do, listen, earth is full of life. And life comes from God. God is the one who created life 
and created everything right that exists, of course, but earth is so full of life. Look at a parking lot. For an example, you look at a parking lot that you don't, don't, no car going there for seven, eight, nine, a year. And what happens to that parking lot? It gets overgrown. Roots pop out of the ground. The tar gets to the side. I mean, I see, I see trees popped out of rocks, break the rocks out, and here comes a tree. You know what? Because planet Earth is full of life and it comes from God. A, the birth of a baby is a great miracle. Now, take, talking about the subject of birth, Jesus' birth was a miracle in itself. God, the second person of the Godhead, to the Spirit of God, took on a human flesh and was born a little baby. Imagine God putting himself in that a little baby. For sure, the birth of Jesus became part of human history to this very day. So big was, and, and so important is his, uh, his name and today, that today Christ, uh, Christmas is celebrated with worldwide. Even non-Christians celebrate Christmas. Isn't that amazing? God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? I believe our God. Uh, put it this way. Do you think that Jesus had a smile with his disciples? Or was doomsday every day? I believe he smiled with his disciples. You know, if he created us with the capacity to smile, I think God smiles too. He does. So, Christmas is celebrated throughout the world, and God says, you know what? You might not believe in me, but you're going to celebrate me. <laughs> the same scenario repeats itself since the birth of Jesus every single year. Every year when Christmas season comes about, people continue to react to the birth of Jesus. It isn't, folks. Christmas season comes and goes every December. Some people say, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas in December because Jesus was not born in December. All right, okay, what's the big deal? I, I was born in August. I can celebrate my birthday in, in December, right? Hey, I'm too busy for the day I was born, you know. Let's celebrate two months from now. And it's the same thing. Like, I, people, get, people get out of shape because of that. So we choose the 25th, celebrate Jesus' birth. Let's celebrate him. Okay? So let's celebrate him. Actually, you know what? Every Sunday we celebrate who? Jesus. That's what we celebrate. We come here to celebrate his resurrection. We're going to celebrate our great Savior. That's every Sunday. You know, people usually like, oh, what am I going to church for? To celebrate Jesus, to celebrate his great salvation, to celebrate what he has done for you and me. So we sing when we're sick. Oh, you know, we, we, we sing it out. You know, and we sing when we can't sing. We just sing it out. I'm out of tune. Go ahead and sing. Who cares? So, I mean, so, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is this. Let me put this together. All right, so, Christmas comes up every year, right? Yeah. And let me put it this way. On Christmas, the first Christmas day, we see, as we read this passage, different reactions to the birth of Christ. In every year, we see different, different reactions to the birth of Christ. Let's look at some that the Lord has for us here today. Number one, some of those people worry. Look at verse 2 and 3. Saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? Who said that? Herod. 
the king. He was a king. He was worried somebody's going to take his place. Look, for we have seen his star in the east and will come to worship him. Those guys came to worship the king. And when, when Herod heard, uh, when, I'm sorry, and when, her, when Herod the king had heard these things, look what it says, he was troubled. He got worried. And the sad thing is that really sad, and it says, and all Jerusalem with him. Folks, who lived in Jerusalem? Come on, class. God's people, Jewish people. They were not supposed to be waiting on their Messiah. They quote exactly the place when Jesus was going to be born. They take no, no, they're even not curious enough to go and see, let's go see it if the king is born. You know what? They were afraid of the uh, human king. So they were worried. So, worried, folks, is a problem of lots of people. Christmas time, for many people, is a worry time, not a joyful time. It goes like this. Oh, my goodness, where am I going to buy for so-and-so? Where am I going to buy for so-and-so? Oh, I'm walking in the store. I have no idea. And in their mind go, some of them, I can't afford this. I can't. And they go, they're worried about it. Folks, just go get a little candy and, and buy a bag of candies. Go to the Dollar Tree. Go to the Dollar Tree, buy a bag of candy. Give each of you family members a candy. And say, well, they don't like that. So what? Can't please everybody. Somebody's, somebody's always going to complain. I have people in my family, the first thing you give them a gift, and they go, oh, it's too cheap. <laughs> Might as well give them a cheap one. You know, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so, <laughs> so worry. So actually worry is something that some people do best. They worry about anything and everything. They wake up in the morning, worried. They go to bed, worried. Worry sleeps with them. Actually, for some folks, uh, 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 worry, it, it lives with them in their home. Now, worry doesn't actually choose any specific type of people, rich and poor, worry hits all. The king right here got worried, and everybody in Jerusalem got worried. Rich and poor, everybody was worried. So, letter A, Herod worried. Herod uh, came to, the, to, to be known as, the, as, as Herod the Great, also called King of the Jews. He ruled from, from 37 to 36 B.C. to uh, um, uh, 36 B.C. So he men he's, he's mentioned in the New Testament here. So Herod the Great was an ambitious, ruthless ruler who set himself in opposition to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Throughout history... And the scriptural record, we see that Herod's family followed in the footsteps of their father in opposing Christ. So Herod the Great was the son of a high-ranking official in, uh, in this uh, uh, Hasmonean dynasty, which was ruling Palestine. Uh, I know, brother, you don't like Palestine. I'm not going to say Palestine. <laughs> the land of Israel. Forget about this word. I'm going to erase that word. <laughs> And an independent kingdom. When I saw that word, I looked at you. <laughs> I know you don't like that word. I don't like it either. So, he was an Adamite, a descendant of Esau, but there had been an intermeasure between Jews and Adamites, and Herod publicly identified himself as a Jew, although he was not faithful to observe the Jewish law. 
This guy was worried. Why? Because there was another king in place. Is a king, you know, oh, another king in place. Where is the king? I want to go worship him. You know what? You can call him liar. He didn't want to go worship the king. He wanted to go and kill him, kill the king. You know what? He's energized by Satan himself. Where is this, the Messiah? I want to go and get rid of him. Let it be all Jerusalem worried. Look what it says. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Folks, worried is a contagious thing. You get that? You hang around someone who is constantly worried, and before you know, you begin to imitate them. You know people that is constantly worried? Constantly worried. I work with some folks, they worry about everything. Okay, this is Friday. Right now, I'm sorry, Friday is today. It was yesterday. I set up this job and my job, and listen, this is just humongous vice. You know what vice is, right? Crank the thing, is there, nice, good. I, I went for my mile walk. I come back, and as the manager is all worried, I could tell he was all worried, and I look at him, I said, he looks at me like, oh, we need to talk. I'm like, Okay, so something happened? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, something. What happened? He takes me to the place where I did. And he says, somebody's here. You've got to put this, this, and this, so this thing doesn't fall. I said, we don't have faulty vices here. If we did, we would get rid of it, right? I said, why are you worried? Oh, it's going to fall on the floor. It's like, and I kind of joke with him. I said, well, if it falls on the floor, it's not going anywhere else. It sticks in the floor. And he looks at me like, oh, very funny. I said, what are you worried about it? Just don't worry. It's not going to go anywhere. You think I was going to leave the thing ready to fall? But worry is contagious. It comes one person. This is going to fall. The other person, oh, yeah, it's going to fall. Oh, yeah, it's going to Before you know, you got a whole multitude worry about. That's what happened to this guy. This guy begins to worry. And then all Jerusalem, oh, the king is worried. Oh, the king is worried. So it is contagious. Get this. Uh, Herod was in trouble because of it, and all Jerusalem was in trouble. We see that the rich, such as Herod, worried when he heard of the birth of, of the new king. The people that's supposed to be waiting for their Messiah, for their king. Imagine this. The doctrines of the law quote Scripture. And when they quote Scripture to Herod, there was two responses there. What happened to the Magi? They didn't go home. They didn't worry. They saw the star, the Bible says, and they rejoiced and they kept on going. They went and worshipped the king. The other ones worried, quote scripture, and failed. You know, worried is 100% of nothing accomplished. We worried about nothing. Oh, What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? And you lose all night without sleeping. Forget about it. Go to sleep and don't worry. When you get up in the morning, look at the thing and then worry about it. <laughs> because it's what happens. So, folks, Christians come, uh, Christmas come every December 25th. And unfortunately, many people at this time of the year, instead of rejoicing, they worry. Some worry because they don't like the season. 
Some worry because they don't know how to please their loved ones with gifts. Some worry because they don't know what gift to buy others. You know, some worry because they don't, they don't know what to do with Jesus. Get this, the reason for the season is what? Jesus. Every December 25th, we celebrate Jesus. You know what? Give a gift. If the people don't like it, too bad. Give it to me. I'm going to return it. You know, I'm being rude. No, they're more rude to say I don't like it. Get that. Don't worry about it. At least if you don't give me anything, don't worry they didn't give me anything. I don't expect anything. You follow that? So, number two. Some worried. Some wondered. The story of Jesus, listen, folks, is a fascinating story. You have to read your Bible to know that the, 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 the story of Jesus is fascinating. It started at creation. Jesus didn't come just to the scene. It was all planned by God. If you read your Bible, if you are a Bible reader and you read through the Bible systematically, let me tell you this, you're going to find, you're going to find that God's plan is right in the beginning. Now, Christmas will come one day, and it's fascinating to see how God, through the ages, began to work that promise that He promised a Savior. And you know what? At the right time, in the right moment, He came. It's a fascinating story. And some wondered. For example, let a Mary wondered. Luke says in Luke, I'll read it to you. Luke 134 says, Then Mary said unto the angels, How shall this be? See, and I know not a man. You know what? Mary was, was a young woman, but she wasn't stupid. She was a very intelligent woman. She looked at the angel and said, I know your message. I heard your message. How in the world this is going to happen? I don't have any. I don't know any man. I'm a virgin. You know what? But the angel gave her the message, and she what? Believed. She, look what it says. Mary, which became the vessel God used for Jesus to be born as a young virgin into the land of, of uh, Israel. When the announcement of the, from the angel Gabriel, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel came to her, she understood what is taking place, was going to take place for her to have a child. But she, but she questioned the angel, how can this be? See, and I know not a man. You see, she, she too wondered about the birth of Jesus. She understood, but she, in her mind, she was wondering how this is going to be, how this is going to happen. Look at her, her response to the angel, verse 38 of Luke 1. It says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Look at her continuous wandering right here, or wandering in her mind. Look at Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, my soul do magnify the Lord. In verse 47, my spirit had rejoiced. Look what it says. In God, my Savior. For those people that think that Mary is a God, there it goes right here. Mary was just a human being just like me and you. Verse 48 says, and, and, and it, he, for he had regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he, for he that, that is mighty has done to me great things. And look what it says, and holy is his name. She was wondering of the goodness of God, and she had no idea what she was going to go through. She had no, she, she was imagining, she was trying to, to, to grasp 
about the wanderings of God. Let me put it this way. Is Jesus coming again? Don't you ever wonder about that day? Don't you ever meditate and thought about how it's going to be? How am I going to show up up there? How is going to, am I going to see, see everything as I get up? I know about this. Am I out of the earth and I'm going to see myself is going to go up? Am I going to see everything? Or just go like, boop, and I'm there. How is it going to be? How the dead in Christ going to rise? You ever wonder about this? Imagine what's going on in the mind of this young lady right here. She's going to, she's going to have a baby and her name is going to be Jesus, our Savior. And she is pondering and wondering what's going to happen. Let it be. The shepherds wondered too. Look at Luke. I mean, we're going to look at the end of Luke chapter 2, verse 15. Look what it says. Let it says, And let us go even into Bethlehem and see this thing, what thing? The announcement of the angels, which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. So the angels came, and the angels, the heavens opened. They glorify God. They began to sing glories, glories, and uh, they were afraid, but their hearts were full of wondering, and they said, we got to go down, the, down there. we got to see it. Don't you ever been so curious about something that you run as fast as you can to get there? Have that happened to you? You know, you heard about a story, you want to think, and you, you just want to be there? It happened to me when I was a kid, man. When it happened something, I was there. <laughs> There you go. I want to. I want to see. Anyway, you, I want to be the first one in line, because the, you know the, everybody's tall. You can't see anything, so you just try to get in the front line. Those guys, they're they're wondering what happened on the hill. Why this announcement? Why the heavens opened? The angels came to us, and let's go. Let's go see it. And they did see it. The people wonder. There was people, listen folks, when he say, oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, okay, they're worried, but there was people in Bethlehem who wondered. Look, look, look what it says. Look at verse 17. Uh, Luke uh, 2, 18, it says, and all they that heard a, a wondered of those things which were told them by the shepherds. Those guys... They heard, saw the vision of the angels. They heard all that singing, all that glory, glorifying God. They got so full of uh, curiosity. They ran down the hills. They came see the baby. They worshipped them. They came up, and they went up. Guess what they did? They made a big deal out of it. They told everybody on their way up. Everybody, the king of kings born over there. You got to go see it. Hey, Jesus was born over there. You got to go see it. Those guys were excited. And the people wonder, well, really? What happened? It says, look what it says. It says, and, and all they that heard, they wondered. If you remember, there were many people from different places in Bethlehem that night. That was one of the reasons why Mary and Joseph could not find a place for the night. All this was because of the census imposed by the Roman government. We know that. Now the shepherds came down, like I said, from the hills and witnessed the truth of what the angels spoke to them uh, about. You know what? It was a promise of all that was fulfilled that night. Emmanuel came to be with us. Imagine that. And for 33 years, you know, Emmanuel walked amongst the people. And many never recognized him. Can you imagine that? 
Letter D. Sometimes God's people wonder. Sometimes in the midst of difficulties, people say, if God loves me, why was he allowed these difficulties, these difficult things in my life? If God takes care of his children, why am I having uh, such trouble? Let me put it this. But when it happens, when God comes to the rescue, when God comes and heals, when God comes and does, brings the blessing, we just wonder and say, how good my God really is. You ever been there? In a situation when you think some doors closed, you think something, some difficult thing, you go through something, and, and when God opens the doors and things that you go, you wonder on the goodness of God. God is good. God is good. You know, some worry. Every Christmas, somebody's going to be worried about Christmas. Worried about nothing. What kind of gift am I going to give to this person, that given? You know, they worry about anything. But some wonder about the goodness of God. Number three, some worshiped. Some worshiped. Hey, look what it says, Matthew 2 to saying, uh, and when, uh, 2.11 actually, it says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. Sign of worship. And look what it says next. And worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Worship had become a bad word in some fundamental circles. We equated with silent sanctuaries sevenfold amens and songs sounding like funerals. Uh, but you know what? And uh, uh, melancholy pipe organs and uh, dead pianos. I tell you what, I love our church. Amen. You know, I listen, I preached in many churches. Brother Rosario, you probably preach in many churches. You walk in there, you stay in there like, yep, God is dead. You know, God is just dead. Put some into that piano and make that thing come alive. And you know what? If I cannot carry a tune, I'm going to sing as loud as I can, praising my God because now oh, he lives. Amen. He lives. Some worship. These men came from a far distance. From What example? This, these men travel miles and miles to come with one purpose. They want to see the king. They want to worship the king. They didn't come to worship Herod the Great. They came to worship Jesus. What a difference. So some worship. Number four. Some ponder it. Luke 2.19 says, But married cap all these things. Uh, and then, uh, in, in, I have part of the verse here. Part of the, let, me look, let me go look to Luke 2.19 because I copy and paste half of the verse. Let's see. Luke 2.19. If you get there before me, you can read it. Luke 2.19. Okay. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary heard all that was being said. All that she, she, and she witnessed all those things. And the Bible says she pondered in her heart. In other words, she kept those things in her heart because they were great of great value to her. 
Mary must have stored up memories of her remarkable son, Jesus. He, he lived and played and, and learned like, uh, like other boys, yet Mary's son was also the savior of, uh, of the world. Late in life, when, when asked about him, certain memories emerged and particular treasures for Mary. I believe when, when the Gospels came to be, if Mary is still around, I believe, many stories, many things that Mary have said. And John said that if we were to write everything about Jesus, we'd not be books on earth to keep all that stuff. But these things were written, he says, that you might believe that Jesus is what? The Son of God, that Jesus is God. I love the book of John because it presents Jesus as God. Right in the beginning, you see the deity of our Lord. These are, they are people who just ponder on the things of this world which amounts to nothing. There are people that know statistics about sports like nobody else. They pound on those things. They know every detail about things, about things of this life. You know what? It's good to know about things, but we should know about our God. We should know about Him. We should know about the character of our God, the goodness of our God, the blessings of our We should know everything about Him because life about Him is aimless and mounts to nothing. It is amazing what we allow our minds to ponder. Some people ponder wickedness and evil. Some people ponder on lust. Some people ponder on how they can get even with others. Some Christians ponder how they can live like the lost. In the, the, the writer of Hebrews says, why are you going back to Judaism? You are a new person now. We say to Christians, why are you going back to where you came from? Lot pounder about the plains of Sodom. And as a result, he left Abraham. Demas pounded in the ways of the world. As a result, he left Paul. Many Christians pounded in the ways of the world. And as a result, they abandoned the Bible, God, and His church. Look what it says in Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee the forward mouth and perverse lips. Put away from thee. Let thy eyelids look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight for before thee. Pound the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Now, as we look at our text, we see this woman, which goes by the name of Mary. The Bible describes that she just made a long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant on top of a donkey. Ladies, you can understand how painful that journey must have been. That must have been a powerful, I mean, a painful journey. She, she just became the mother of a newborn baby, and she's having these visitors that she never met before. Total strangers. You know, you lay in a hospital bed, you know, you're having a baby and you have these visitors and you sometimes, you know, you just had a baby, you go, I don't want to see anybody. I want to be alone. <laughs> you know, and there's this young, this young lady right there after a whole journey on top of a donkey for days. She's having a baby before you know she got all these strangers. Shepherds come in and magis come in and these people come in. And like, where do these people come from? You know why she's pondering that in her heart. She knows that Jesus is no ordinary baby. 
Number five, some witness. Look what it says in Luke 2.20. And the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they have heard and seen and it was told unto them. The shepherds were considered the social outcasts. Their duties made them unclean and the fact that they were unable to come to the temple for many weeks and a time prevented them from, from, from getting clean. So praise God that the, that's the... That's the crowds that Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for dirty sinners. That's what he's looking for. Isn't he sad that he not he, he didn't came to the to the to what is that to the righteous? I forgot. I, I'm not going to quote the verse because I'm going to mess it up. But he but he's looking for sinners to repent. If you know the verse, you can tell me what we can look it up. But I. Is that a, Send us to repay. That's that's a wonderful passage right here. Thank you, brother. But you know what? The same thing. He came looking for, praise the Lord, that dirty sinners came to see the Savior. That's what he's looking for. This Christmas season, right? People have different views of Christmas. But let me tell you, the Savior still stands and says, I'm looking for you and you and you and you. I want to give you the greatest present. You can have salvation. Christmas is not about new trucks and new cars and new coffee machines and new bicycles and new iPads and new iPhones. Christmas is about Jesus. Amen. I mean, don't get me wrong. So, Pastor, you against gifts? No, I love gifts. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love gifts. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I'll be a hypocrite if I say I don't love gifts. I love gifts. It's good to open it. I like that cracking of the boxes and, and the paper. It's wonderful. But let me tell you this. Christmas isn't about gifts. It's about Jesus. You see, but he's looking for those people that are dirty sinners. Jesus came for dirty sinners, unclean sinners. Jesus came for the brokenhearted, for the lonely, for the alcoholics, for the drug addicts, for the adulterers, for the angry people, for the, for the simple people, for the unchurched people. Jesus came for them. Jesus came to save you and save me. Where were you before you met Jesus? You were a dirty sinner, weren't you? So was I. Look what it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And when Jesus heard, that's Mark 2.17, He said unto them, They that are whole need not need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to, here's the verse, brother, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. These men were shepherds in Bethlehem, but more than likely, this, this were the men who raised the lambs for the temple sacrifices. It is appropriate that they would be the first men to meet the Lamb of God that would take the sin of the world. They came to see the perfect Lamb and one day would shed His blood for them. Letter A, you see a journey of obedience. A journey, look what it says. It said to another, let's go now even unto Bethlehem. That's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in verse 15, they, 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 humble, they, they humbly follow the message they receive from the angels. They said one to another, let's go. We thank the Lord for those who are willing to go. Folks, let me put it this way. This Christmas, there will be lots of people who will give their lives to Christ. You say, really, Pastor? Yes. At Christmas times, hearts get tender. And many people get saved during this season. 
You know what? And praise the Lord for those who open their mouths and go and tell. Like today we were out for breakfast. You know, one of the things is this young lady. She needed the Lord. Put her right there. Beautiful track for her to read. You know how we do our part? We don't save anyone. We don't save anyone. But we have to be the testimonies and eyewitness of our great Savior. Shame on us if we just go through life and we ignore the Great Commission. Jesus came as he promised at Christmas time. And you know what? Like the shepherds, we should be a broadcast, broadcast of truth. That's letter B. We should be the broadcast of truth. Let's go everywhere. Don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas. And say specifically Merry Christmas. Look people in the eyes and say Merry Christmas to you. They need to hear that. We see a broad crest of truth right here. They made known abroad. They went everywhere. They look at the baby, and with this sword, they went, had to tell everybody about the great Savior. Same thing. Those of us who have received Jesus as our Savior, we have great truth. We receive the greatest gift anybody can have. Why not tell others about it? Listen, folks. I've been saved for almost 25 years now. Brother, you've been saved probably before I was born. <laughs> uh, you're only 25 years old, don't worry. But anyway, you know what? I didn't lose the zeal of telling people about Jesus. We shouldn't. It's the greatest gift. Greatest gift of all. You know what? It's a, the greatest hope a, a human being can have. You know what? Because it don't matter where you go through life. I will see my Savior. We see a joyous return. Almost done. And then the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had Heard and seen, and it was told unto them. Remember, listen, I cannot imagine that night when they got up to the, top, the hilltops of, of Bethlehem. Those guys were, were still celebrating. I mean, that was a story to tell their, their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. Listen, we were on top of the hills, and the heavens opened, and the angels came out of nowhere. We told them we were going to die that night. We were so afraid, you know what? And the angels said, fear not, and the heavens were rejoicing. You know what? We went down the hills and so what they said was true. Can you imagine that? It's not the same thing about salvation. Oh, they saw with their eyes. You know what? Imagine the presence of the Lord come to your heart and you begin to read the Bible and the Bible talks to you. I don't know about you, but the Bible talks to me. Amen. You say, well, a book talks to you. No, no, not a book. The Bible, the Word of God talks to me. Read it every day and see if it does it or not. We see a joy. They went home. They went back to the hills rejoicing. Let me tell you, folks, we have much to rejoice. I conclude with this. Christmas season is upon us once again. And every year, people are going to respond to the birth of Christ. Some people will worry. Some people will, will wonder. Some people will worship. Some people will ponder. And some people will witness. But unfortunately, some will reject him. Some people, unfortunately, they will reject God once again. They will see Christmas. They will see all the Christmas, and they use Christmas for drunkenness, for parties, for blasphemies, for all kinds of nonsense that have nothing to do with the birth of Christ. And once again, they will reject 
the gift of life. I stand at the beginning, I said, God is the giver of life. You know what? When God comes to a lost person, he comes with the gift of eternal life. No present of this earth can ever compare to that. He comes and gives the gift of life. And some people this Christmas, this very Christmas, will reject it once again. Don't be discouraged. You cannot control other people's actions. Rejoice in the Lord this Christmas. We as Christians rejoice in the Lord this Christmas. That's what we do. Christmas morning, sing happy birthday, Jesus. Sing it out. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord Christmas morning. Sing it out. Come to church and let's celebrate Jesus Christmas morning. And go and we go back home and we rejoice again. Follow that? We are the church. Whenever you go, you're still the church. You follow that? You are the church of the living God. Whatever you go, you're still the church of the living God. So celebrate. Rejoice. Sing. Praise Him. Because we are the children of the living God. And don't be worried. Don't be sad for those who continue to reject Him. Pray for them that one day they open their hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Lord, many people are dead in trespasses and sins. Many people are spiritual dead as I speak right now. And I pray, Lord, tonight, right there where they are, in a car, in the privacy of their own homes, wherever they are, that they really understand what Christmas is all about. Jesus came, and Jesus, now that he went to Calvary's cross, rose from the dead, he has the gift of eternal life. I pray, Father, that people open their hearts, ask forgiveness of their sin, call upon Jesus to save them and to forgive them, and it will become their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.